Thanks for listening to the Voice Church Podcast. We are a new life-giving multi-ethnic church located in Orange County, California. We meet every Sunday at 10.30 a.m. in Tustin. For more information, check out our social media or our website at www.voice.church. And now, let's tune in to this week's message. Awesome. Letty, good job. Good job. That's only part of her story. She has so much more to share. Uh, yeah, we love you. Where's Letty at? Uh, sitting in the very back. It's like trying to hide. Yeah, right. Hey, Letty, we're really glad you're part of the family. We really are. Uh, Letty is actually taking on a new volunteer role here at the church, uh, helping us get even more engaged uh, with the local community. And I, I just... Yeah, I just feel like I'm supposed to tell you, uh, people are going to come to know Jesus because of your efforts and your sacrifice. So thanks for, for saying yes to what God is putting on your heart. Uh, thanks uh, for everyone who came out this week to help decorate. Christmas happened uh, across the building. Uh, I think they want to do a few more things that ran out of time. But thank you to everyone who came out and put your uh, decorating skills to use. Thank you for everyone who did not come out. That wouldn't be good if you did come out uh, because you're not good at this stuff. Uh, I am one of those people. It's better that I wasn't here. Trust me. Um, but yeah, thank you. It's, uh, it just felt like Christmas when you came in. You know what I mean? And it's harder, those, especially those of us that didn't grow up around here and were used to like snow uh, and like you're like warming up your car and things like that. And cr- that makes you feel like Christmas, like when your boogers freeze and you're like, oh, we're getting close to Christmas. You know, when it hurts to breathe, uh, you know, but here it's just like, it's fine. Like, like my, my friend visited this weekend. Uh, he helped us with a project around the church and he's from Chicago. And uh, I was like, how's it feeling? He goes, ah, oh, it's weird because like, you know, like it, I, it doesn't hurt to breathe. I was like, I, I know. It's like, you know, the weather, he's like, what's the weather going to be like tomorrow? It's going to be fine. Like it's going to be fine. Like all week it's just going to be fine. Might be drizzle for a little bit here and there, but it's going to be great because welcome to paradise. Anyways, Jesus is here. That's why. Okay. Uh, also, just want to say uh, great job, Michael. That was Michael's first time hosting. They did a great job. Um, it's just cool. It's cool. Uh, anyways, uh, today uh, we're starting a new sermon series called Let Heaven and Nature Sing. Let Heaven and Nature uh, Sing. And so what we're going to do is we're going to go through some Christmas carols uh, over the next few weeks, and we're going to talk about some of the the deep theology and meaning behind the Christmas carols. You may not realize this, uh, but there's actually... Uh, some theology behind some of the th- songs, the thongs. That's, wow, that's a different <laughs> gnosis go here today, guys. Uh, there's some deep theology behind some of the, the songs uh, that we sing. Uh, and so sometimes when we sing songs, we hum melodies, and we completely miss the message, especially if you grew up in church. And we just kind of want to bring us back to some of the kind of behind the music kind of stuff in some of these songs. And our prayer is that as you listen to these, as you hear them in, in Home Depot or at the mall or wherever you're at, that it reminds you of something new. You learn something new. Uh, you go to a different place than just uh, feeling all the Christmas vibes. We're not going to go over like Jingle Bell Rock or like Santa Baby or anything like that. Um, today we are going to focus on uh, All I Want for Christmas is You by Mariah Carey. Just kidding. Oh, we're not. Okay. Um, today, actually, we're going to go through a couple Christmas carols that are my favorites. Uh, started off with a couple of my favorites. The first one is O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. So we're talking with uh, our crew over here. Anybody, you, you guys like that song? Is that one of your favorite? You want me to sing it? Uh, I'll rap it for you. Um, <clears throat> just kidding. Uh, let me see. You know, somewhere like, oh, dear Lord, please don't. Uh, <laughs> uh, o come, let me just read the words to you, and then we'll unpack it a little bit. It says, O come, O come, Emmanuel. Actually, I'm going to unpack it a little bit while we're going through it. Uh, Emmanuel uh, means God with us. 
God with us. And so they're singing, O come, O come, Emmanuel, God with us. In other words, God feels far away and we want God to be near. We feel like God, we're isolated from where God is. God is out there and we want God to be here. So it's, O come, O come, Emmanuel, God with us and ransom captive Israel. We need help. We need you to pay our bail. We need to get out of this place. We're stuck. We're stuck. That mourns in lonely exile here. It's isolation. We're mourning, like joy is a long way off. Hope has been way deferred. We're lonely. We're exiled. We don't have home, right? Until, until the son of God appear or appears for the grammar Nazi, right? Rejoice, and then everything shifts. Rejoice, rejoice, not oh, come, oh, come. Now it's rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel. Rejoice, rejoice, God is with us. Shall come to thee, O Israel. It's important as we, we read things like this, we hear things like this, uh, that context is important, right? So they're, they're waiting for the Messiah to come. They're under Roman rule, tyranny. They're overtaxed. Their culture is at best diluted, subdued, tainted. They can't, they can't express what they believe, what they feel, their identity. They have no national identity. They're, they're oppressed, right? And they're asking, would, would the promised Savior come? Ever since we were little, for generations, we've been talking about this Messiah, this, this God that's going to come and help us, free us from the oppressors, overthrow oppression, overthrow rule. We're waiting for a Messiah to come, remind us of who we are. We've forgotten who we are. We've forgotten what we're called to do. We've forgotten what we're called to be. And so would the Messiah come and be with us again? What you see over and over again when you look at uh, uh, passages that refer to this, there's a sense of, does God even see that we're suffering? Like, does God even notice? Like, is he busy? Does he see that we're suffering? Does he even notice? And if he notices, does he care? And if he cares, is he able to do anything about it? Right? Does God even notice? And if he notices he cares, if he cares, will he even do anything about it? And the reason why this is so important to us is because, I don't know about you, man, but the last few years have been rough, right? It's been challenging, and some of you guys may be going, a season, like going through a season like this right now. And if not, you've gone through seasons like this. If you lived at all for any amount of time, and if you haven't, you will. That's not prophesying bad things in your life. Is we will all go through seasons when we wonder, does God even see what I'm going through? Does anybody even see, anybody even notice what I'm going through? Does God see? Does he care? And if he cares, will he help? Is he able to help? And you want to have hope and you try to pray and you try to worship, but there's like the ceilings are like brass, the old, old timers used to say. It just feels like God is a million miles away. It's God is out there. God is not here. Maybe you feel like, especially, man, it, it, it can be that way when, even when you come to church. You can be lonely in the crowd, right? You can come to church and be around like a bunch of people happy and wonder, are you faking it? Or like you really happy, Right? Sometimes, especially as we do our death scroll on social media and we add all these like, happy holiday events and all this stuff, and it seems like everyone else has it together and you're just trying to hold it together. You ever feel like that? Right? And you're like, well, I can't like, be real about what I'm feeling about, right? Because they're going to judge me. They're gonna th- I, I got to just put on the holiday cheer, put the filter on. You're going to be all right, you know? But everyone else has it together. You're trying to hold it together, and especially hard during Christmas. Do you realize that anxiety, depression, and specifically self-harm, is not at the lowest during the holidays when you think it would be. It's actually at the highest. So I have a lot of friends that work in like grief share, uh, Alcoholics Anonymous, and like this kind of stuff where self-harm could be an end result. 
And even if like their meeting, like their normal Tuesday meeting, whatever, happens on Christmas Day, they miss their family thing to make sure they host this event, this regular meeting for these individuals. Why? Because if they struggle down those roads, their hardest day is actually the holidays. Their hardest day is Christmas. And for some of us, we know that all too well. It's a little too close to home. See, the enemy wants you to be isolated. The enemy wants you to be separated from the pack because you're more, more vulnerable then. This is why in scripture, over and over again, we see Paul would write letters to like, you know, a, a, a person that says, and to you and to the church that meets in your home, right? I don't want to diatribe too much. We understand before the, the, like the, like the Gutenberg press where the Bible was the first book to be mass produced before that moment, you know, just a couple years ago, before that moment, there was no idea, like there was no terminology of personal relationship with Jesus. It was always this understanding that our faith is meant to be lived in community, right? Because there wasn't a, you know, everyone didn't have six Bibles that they didn't read in their house, right? Everyone had one Bible that your family Bible is like big. You didn't carry it around, right? Like you needed a backpack for this. It was like a family Bible because they were rare. They were rare. They were valued. And so you had to do faith in community. You had to read scripture and talk about scripture in community. And so when, as we read like the New, New Testament or even the, obviously the Old Testament, um, it would be read like like Raphael would read a line and then Kathy would read a line. We pass on to Janelle would read a line. And then we talk about it as a church. Like that's what church would look like. And a lot of times now we can be isolated while we're talking about community. Like you can hear a pastor or a preacher talk about the importance of community as you're watching this live streaming from home by yourself. It's just ironic, right? And look, we put a lot of effort into live streaming and podcasting, so no hate on that. But there's something, you know there's a difference. There's a difference being in community and hearing about community, but you're isolated. You can listen to the same teaching, you listen to the same worship songs, but it's different when you're in community. There's something about being connected to other believers. Song of uh, Solomon, we're not gonna read Song of Solomon. Uh, Solomon uh, in Ecclesiastes says this, he says, two people are better off than one for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Other translations say, woe to the one who stumbles and has no one there to pick him up. Woe to the one who falls and has no one there to pick them up. You know this, woe, that's like a, woe is like what the prophets say, like woe to this nation living in sin, right? Whoa, like this is like, this sucks for you. Like this is bad if you fall and you have no one there to pick you up. And I can't tell you how many times there's people who, um, well, I mean, they're just busy, you know? And they're like, they come to church once a month or twice a month or something like that. Or their kids are super busy with all these sports things. So they can't get involved in things. And they're like, man, my kids are just not connected to other kids at church. It's like, well, how could they be? Like, it's like, it's like they need community. Yeah, I agree. Well, they don't have community at church. Well, yeah, because you have to be around other people to build community with them. You know what I mean? And so I know it's like, well, I'm, you're not in a small group or whatever. We're not, we don't want you guys to be in small groups because we get like, um, like a kickback for everybody that joins like a small group. Like there's no like uh, incentive for us. We want you to be in small groups because you're in community. Can I be honest with you? When there's time, people that come up and they're like, Taco, will you pray for me about, you know, whatever. And I'll pray with whoever about whatever, as long as it's biblical, right? And, but there's times where people go, I just feel so isolated. Would you pray with me about this? My parents are going through this or, you know, finances or career or sickness or whatever. And a lot of times what I ask them 
I've asked many of you guys this when you ask me for prayer. Hey, are you in a small group? Are you in a small group? And I know the answer to it. Nine times out of 10, the answer is no, I'm not in a small group. You know how I know that? It's because if you were in a small group, you'd already have a group of people rallying around you to pray. Right? And so, man, again, get in community. Here's the thing about community. The times you least want community are the very times you'll most need it. Community takes sacrifice and it takes effort and it gets in the way of the stuff you want to watch on Netflix. And it gets in the way of a lot of, like, especially if you host small group, they're going to trash your house. You're going to have people that even wear their shoes in your house like barbarians. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it just is what, but that's a sacrifice we make for a community. We sacrifice the things we want for the things we want the most, right? So when you find yourself in down times, don't lose faith. Your mind will be a battlefield. It will be. You got to look at it that way. You can't let your mind just wander wherever it goes and then wonder, you know, it's like if I have a ship, which I'm like kind of afraid of water because I can't swim. But imagine you had a ship and you, had, you didn't steer it anywhere. You're like, well, I don't know where, it's not going where I want it to go. Well, yeah. So many of us let our minds just wander wherever it goes, let whatever thoughts come in, and then we wonder why there's not healthy things growing. My old pastor used to say that I can't keep a bird from flying over my head, but I can keep him from making a nest in my hair. Right? <laughs> yes. I giggled too. Right? So your mind will be bad. So you need a true north. You'll need scripture. That's why scripture is so important. You don't read scripture because that's what good Christians do. You read scripture because when you don't know which way is up, and especially those of you guys that struggle with like mind games, I do. Struggle with imposter syndrome and all the anxiety in my whole life. Right? Nature and nurture, I have no idea, but it is what it is. And so there's so many times where I have voices on my head, not like, like audible, but you know, it's like, wow, talk is crazy. Probably. But anyways, but I have, I have thoughts on my head and I don't know if it's true or not. You ever feel like that? Right? And the, the probably, probably the truth is there's some truth to it. Like some of the best lies have a little bit of truth in it, right? And so I'm like, is that, is that right? And I need to, the Bible says, take captive those thoughts and make it obedient to Christ. And if it's obedient to Christ, it gets to stay. And if it's not, that's a lie from the enemy. We put it out here. Even if it feels so right, right? It's like, hey, you're an imposter. You're a loser. You can't do this. Okay, is, does that sound like it's from God? Does that line up with scripture? Then no, it doesn't get to live in my heart. It doesn't get to be here. It doesn't get to be here, right? Look, you talk about water a little bit. I get motion sick a lot, like a lot. Like teacup ride, my kryptonite. Like I'll, I'll confess to anything. You put me on the teacup ride, get me spinning a little bit, 9-11, I did it. Like it was my job. Like, you know, it's like, I'll confess to what, just make it stop, right? So I get motion sick a lot. And I feel like I had this epiphany like last year. I remember growing up, my parents, we went to Disney World. Uh, and uh, I remember my mom, uh, she couldn't go on Space Mountain because she was old. And so, uh, and I'm like, you can't go on Space Mountain. She's like, I get sick on Space Mountain. It's like, man, you are a thousand years old. And, and this is my, my mind of a child, which I thought like a 40 year old is like has a one foot in the grave. So, and now I get sick on Space Mountain. And I have this epiphany of like, oh, I can't go on certain coasters. There's so many times where we'll go with the kids to wherever. And I'm like, oh, you guys just go ahead. You go on Tomater like the tomato, right? Like for toddlers. And I'm just going to sit back and like stay hydrated and try not to get sick. So I get nauseous so easily. The problem is I like boats. I like to go fishing. I don't catch much, but I like the act of fishing, right? 
There's one time a buddy of mine, he used to go to the church. He lives in Atlanta now. Uh, we went like deep sea fishing for bluefin tuna off of like, I think we poured out Long Beach. It's like a three-day trip, like two and a half day trip. The whole time, the whole time, there's like bunks down on, under. The whole time I'm in the bunk. I paid like $300 for this privilege. I was in my bunk. I grabbed a garbage can and I'm just puking. I didn't eat. I just puked for two and a half days until it was time to come back. And then I'm like, I actually look, I lost weight. I look pretty good, actually. I'm like, this isn't, anyways, it's a sign. So when you get nauseous, like the other day we went, the other day, it's like a couple months ago. Remember the bioluminescent thing that was over? We took this, uh, this like boat trip at dusk. And then you were like, it was the coolest thing. Like you were on the boat, uh, same boats you go fishing with. You out there and then like the waves are glowing as you're going through it. And like dolphins were coming by and they were glowing as they were like, you know, swimming next to the boat and stuff. It was the coolest thing. And I was getting really nauseous. And so <laughs> what you have to do, those of you guys that know this, is when you are on a boat and you're nauseous, what do you look at? You're like the puke bucket. No, no, you, you, look, you look at the what? The, the horizon, right? Why? Why? Because it's stable. Because everything, especially when you're going to choppy water, every, you don't know which way is up, and you just stare at the horizon because it's the only thing not moving, right? Look, during times of instability, we're all going to feel this at times. During times of instability, be careful of putting your focus on unstable things. You can't focus on unstable things and wonder why your heart is unstable. You can't. Some of us, can I just be honest? Some of us in hard times, we'll binge watch TV. We'll drink more than we should. We'll get in like these gossip drama conversations because it makes some of you guys feel better, right? You'll death scroll on your phones and you'll wonder, where's God? My heart feels like it's all over the place. Well, yeah. How could it be stable? How could it be stable? And in the middle of all that, look, no guilt, no shame, no condemnation. In the middle of all that, God's waiting for you. Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel. Like the whole idea, he's there waiting for you. Don't lose hope. Israel is desperate and they called out to God. And one of my favorite verses is in Isaiah 59. It says this, listen, listen. The Lord's arm is not too weak to save you, nor his arm or his, or his ear too deaf to hear you call. Look, God is able, he hears, he's willing, and he's waiting. He's waiting for you to put down the phone. He's waiting for you just to sit in his presence, which we're gonna talk about in a second. I'm so glad Michael talked about that because we're gonna talk about that too. One of my favorite, my favorite all-time Christmas carol is Silent Night. Silent Night. I'm not gonna sing it again, again, because you might get nauseous. So, but I'll, let me read through a few verses. Silent Night, Holy Night, all is calm, all is bright. Round young virgin, mother and child, holy infant, so tender and mild, sleep in heavenly peace. And all the parents and newborns like, sweet Jesus, please sleep in heavenly peace, little baby. Uh, silent night, holy night, shepherds quake at the sight. Glory stream from heaven afar. Heavenly hosts sing alleluia. Remember the whole host of heaven, the sky opened up and they were all singing, Christ the Savior is born. Christ the Savior is born. They're being kind of loud about it. Oh, thanks, Siri. Uh, Silent night, holy night, son of God loves pure light. Radiant beams from thy holy face, this little baby, with the dawn of redeeming grace. Jesus, Lord, at thy birth. Jesus, Lord, at thy birth. I love this song. It doesn't teach a bunch of doctrine. What I love about it is it draws you into the story. It's like reading a, like a Dickens story, right? It's like it, you, you are, you're painted such a clear picture. 
So this is what's happening, man. Like the town is bustling. It's census time. It's like Times Square on New Year's Eve, right? And God doesn't come in the middle of all the hustle and bustle. He comes on the edge of town, around the backside of a motel, right? Then this thick stable or this cleft of a rock where animals are, it smells like a stable, like not in a good way. You know what I mean? Like it, it smells, you're not gonna see a candle for like stable, right? God came, there probably is like some jokes, but like, do you like the smell of poop? Here you go. Uh, and in this, in this environment, God came. God came as a man. As you lean in, you, you look at this face of this baby. You guys ever look at a newborn? It's magic, man. Especially if it's not yours, because then you can just like go home and like go, <laughs> good luck, right? This, uh, this week, got to see a couple newborns. We had a meeting, uh, like a Zoom meeting with our, the Casa Hogar team, the orphanage team. And uh, so we're like, I think Bree was on. They're like, Bree, show us the baby. Because uh, her sister just had a baby. And uh, we're like, we're not gonna have the meeting until we see this baby. Uh, so we got to see a uh, baby. It's just, we just stared and just giggled. You know what I mean? Just looking at this little baby. And then uh, this week, Nellie and I got to see Ted and Laura's uh, uh, little boy, Connor. And it was just like, he did nothing. Like practically speaking, he added no value to the situation. We just couldn't stop staring at him, right? It's weird. It's really weird when you think about it. From a purely practical standpoint, this little baby just caused pain and discomfort for months, right? Torturing their parents with sleep deprivation, right? They drain finances. Anybody connected to the couple, it's like they're just draining finances, buying so much stuff. You think you're like moving. It's like, no, that's just what it takes to like move a baby across town to go to Target. Like we just need to bring all this stuff with us, right? But we're drawn to them. We can't help but smile. A newborn will literally make grown tough men giggle, right? You're just staring at this thing. This is what's happening. When, when I think of Silent Night, this is what I think about. I think about all these people just leaning in, just staring at this baby. No one cares what's happening in town. All the parties, the who's who, the, the posturing that all these powerful people are having of different events, no one cares. All the latest gossip, you hear who came to town? It's like a high school reunions, you know, times a thousand, all this stuff happening. No one cares. The fact that it smells, right? No one cares. Everyone's focused on this baby. They're looking at the face of God. That's just wild to think about. The fa- I have so many questions about this. The face of God, you have this teenage girl with an infant, and this is the Messiah. This is the one that we've been waiting for for thousands of years. Something changes. Something changes when you take time in God's presence. When you turn off the noise, when you play some worship music, when you sing, even if you can't sing, it's okay to roll up your windows, right? It's beautiful to God, I think, right? Just sit in your car and just be. Allow your, your soul to just soak in the divine. You'll leave different. And you know this, right? You can, I've never seen someone scroll on their phone for an hour and then leave and go, oh, my soul feels full. We know this. But then you know when you spend a few minutes just in God's presence. We all experience this, right? Nothing's changed, but everything's changed. You know what I mean? And what's so interesting is why don't we do that more? I'm not saying don't watch the newest show or whatever. 
I'm just saying don't do that first. And don't look at that for hope. I'm not saying don't drink this or that. That's between you and God. I'm just saying don't look for hope in that. Don't look for peace in that. We know it's temporary. Don't go to the mall to find purpose and significance and, and, and joy because your latest Goodwill donation is full of stuff that you thought would bring you joy, right? These are great toys. They're great gifts. They're great tools. They're terrible gods. And we know this. Spend a few moments. Spend a few moments. In this season that can be so, I know it's like kind of cheesy, but I don't care, it works. In a season that can be so wrapped up in presence, can we make space to get caught up in his presence? This is the goal. This is the goal. This is what I've been praying for you guys. And I'm gonna pray for you guys all throughout December. And it's not just like, well, and once well, Christmas season's over, it doesn't matter. It's the same thing. In a season that can be so wrapped up in presence, no pun intended, maybe. Can we make space to get caught up in his presence? A few thoughts as, as, we, uh, as we end here. A few things I wanna leave you with. Number one, <clears throat> people are watching. People are watching. So set an example of what's truly important. Spirits reproduce spirits. You teach what you know, but you reproduce who you are, especially if you have little ones, your coworkers, your friends, your roommates, whatever. They're watching. They're watching. It doesn't matter what you say is important. How you live shows you, what you what's important. We say around here all the time, you don't, you don't say your values, you reveal them, right? So God has called you to influence culture and it doesn't happen by accident. So whatever you say is important, would you live that out? Would you live that out? I think one of the problems with kind of why culture has like this allergic reaction to Christianity at large because it seems like a lot of Christian spokespeople and community and pop culture say a lot of things that we don't live out and they see the dissonance. The other day I was, I was hanging out, I think with Michael and he, he just goes, uh, what's, your, what's, your, like, what's your dream for voice? Like, what's the goal for voice? I don't have numerical goals. My goal is that someone that would read the Bible read about Jesus, read about the early church, would go, I know people like that. That's just like the people at Voice. Now, that's, that's honestly my biggest goal for this church is not where are we going, but who we are. Who are we as the people of God? Because I, 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 I feel like for so long, it's easy for, to, to read scripture and go, I don't know any Christians like that. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. It seems like all the Christians I know are arrogant, cocky, angry, selfish, you know, judgmental. You know, it's like, look, and before I point the finger, yeah, you're right, talk all, no, I'm talking in here, in here. Like I'm that way too much, you know? Anyway, so set an example for what's truly important. People are watching, people are watching. Number two, this might be a little close to home, all right? Uh, unwise spending creates a burden God never intended and robs you of his peace. Unwise spending creates a burden God never intended. Look, you got some financial problems? I'd love to pray for you. But be careful that you didn't create them. It's not a spiritual attack. You just bought too much stuff, right? You just bought stuff to impress people you don't really even care about. So every year I talk to people who are, are anxious in January because they overextended in December. Giving goes down every nonprofit. You guys are involved in nonprofit work, you know this. Giving goes down every January. Why? For the same reasons, because people overextended in December, right? 
People are asking for prayer all the time because they're stressed. Can I challenge you? Right now, be wise. Be wise. I'm not saying don't buy stuff. You got the margin, buy stuff. Bless yourself. Treat yourself, right? Get the nice thing as long as it doesn't own you, doesn't mess with you, right? Get the nice thing. I'm just saying, keep the first thing the first thing. This season is all about what we celebrate during for Christmas, Emmanuel, God with us, is the fact that we can't attain by our own efforts, so God fills us with peace and joy and hope and salvation. Can we not respond to that? by striving and spending in a way that fills our heart with anxiety, right? So be careful spending more than you can afford to impress people you barely even know. God wants you to leave the season with a heart full of peace, not with cards full of debt. And that's a choice. You're like, but if I, if I don't do this or I don't buy this and they'll be upset. Yeah. If I don't get, if I don't buy this, then my parents or my friends will be awkward. Yep, totally will be, totally will be. You're all right. You know what? In a week, they're gonna forget. And if they don't, that's their problem, right? Number three, lastly, beware of a full schedule and an empty soul. Beware of a full schedule and an empty soul. This season is busy. I feel like we're gonna burp and it's gonna be January. You know what I mean? Like it just goes so fast. But God is not found in the noise. That's the whole thing of Silent Night, that God wasn't in the busyness. God didn't get, didn't, you know, didn't, didn't come in the penthouse suite in the center of town on, on the Upper East Side. God is not found in the noise, and we know this. In the middle of a town packed that was so full, there wasn't room, you know, there wasn't room in the end. We know the story. God was found off the beaten path in unexpected places, and he's found in the same place today. Create space to meet God and you may just find him. Create space to meet God and you may just find him, but you're not gonna find him in the noise. You're not. In the middle of all the Christmas parties, in the middle of all the busyness, create space. Create space. I say this a lot, but I'll say it again. Turn your phone off. It'll give you a little anxiety. You know what that is? That's called withdrawals right? It's like what a drug addict would go through. Like literally, I'm not even making that up. It's like literally what, it's the same thing as far as dopamine hits go. It's the same things. Now I'm not talking, turn your screen off. I'm talking, hold the button down long enough that it shuts off. Like it stops working, you know, for like an hour. And then watch your soul go through all this stuff, right? Find God there. Find God there. I bet even if you do it for 10 minutes, you're gonna get more peace, more grounding, more joy from that 10 minutes with your phone off than you can from hours of shopping, binge watching, scrolling, spending, all that. So as we close, I want us to sing Holy Night, Silent Night, Holy Night. Let it remind you to create space, to embrace quiet moments, to center our souls in Christ and not in stuff. All right, let me pray for us. God, I just pray. I pray for my friends. God, we want to leave this Christmas season with peace and with joy and with hope, not with just more stuff to fill our closets and our attics. God, I pray, would you help us to find the balance? Help us to celebrate the busyness and celebrate the parties, but then also tuck away like, like Jesus, you tucked away and met with God.
I pray we would do the same thing. Would we leave this year with more hope in our hearts, with more clarity on our mission, our calling, what you've called us to. God, for those of us that are going through um, a hellish season right now, family situation, a financial situation, or health, or they're just going through it right now. God, I pray, would you be with them? You, you say that you're close to those that are hurting. So God, I pray, would you be with people? Would we as a church family be able to rally with those in our, in our community that are hurting right now? God, I pray that no one would leave feeling alone. No one would leave feeling that they're carrying this burden by themselves. Would you help us to notice those in our family that are hurting and to help them, to pray with them, to support them? Would we be your hands and feet extended, God? We love you. We are a unit. When one of us hurts, we all hurt. We give this to you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Would you stand to your feet? Thanks again for tuning in to this week's message at Voice Church. We hope it inspired you to live a life more faithfully for Jesus and to be a voice of hope for your community. We'd love for you to join us in person on a Sunday. And until then, we hope you have a beautiful week.